And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Three ah! are United States Astro Robots. They come a creature of death. Oh. And they. We have come here to this planet for. One purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast from Classic Cults and the Cheese in Between. The movies are beef. The entertainment is grade A. And I'm your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And I'm joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Good morning, Jay. How's it going? I think uh, today, oh, today we're doing one of those special episodes. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's uh, episode two of uh, Dark Room. Yep, and we're going to get to it right after this. Man makes a life he sells for it. Suppose you've got a chance to change it. Don't seem right, burying him in plastic. We got no time for frills. Look out! My younger daughter is firmly convinced that you are a vampire. I won't bite. You know vampires never come out during the daytime. Stay away from him, Nance. Episode 2 of The Dark Room aired December 4th, 1981. Your two stories are called The Boogeyman Will Get You, which is based off of a Robert Block short story. Robert Block, of course, the one who wrote Psycho. Uh, And your second story is called Uncle George. Um, Again, your story by Robert Block, your teleplay uh, is also by uh, Robert Block and uh, Peter S. Fisher. Uh, Your directors are John McPherson and Rick Rosenthal. Rick Rosenthal, of course, from Halloween 2. Yeah. Uh, so, um, in The Boogeyman Will Get You, a uh, young horror fan, Dee Dee, who is played by Quinn Cummings, uh, comes to believe that her uh, the handsome new guy in town hanging around with her older sister, who is a young Helen Hunt. Right. All right? Um, this is, so at this point, Helen Hunt had already been on a couple TV shows and stuff like that. This is before, this isn't mad about you, Helen Hunt. That's really what people know her for in new right. movies later on. She didn't become a star until like the 90s. Um, she was on a lot of TV stuff back in the day. Uh, you know, they believe that he's a vampire. Um, and that's basically the whole setup of this, the episode. Um, and then, so you have, of course, they're at the drive-in watching, you know, what's supposed to be, uh, well, I love the, the lead-in with, um, with James Colburn. He's reading through a fake book, but it's got Bela Lugosi on the the cover cover. and it's got Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr. is the Wolfman and stuff like that. It's very, uh, 
paying homage, of course, to the, the universal horrors. Um, they're at the drive-in, of course, watching a very fake-looking movie, um, and that's when they start driving home, and they almost uh, run down, uh, you know, the, the um, what's his face, and the, um, I can't think of his name, it's uh, it's played by Randy Powell, and I just totally blanked on his name right now, but they almost run down the street, street. right? Uh, and we learn that later on that uh, their friend who was supposed to meet them is, you know, missing, missing. and then she, of course, her head pops up, or her, her, her body right. pops up in the uh, in the weeds at the, uh, the lake uh, by the boathouse. Uh, and so, you know, again, these stories are very short. I mean, their whole point of them is that, you know, only having two stories this time, they're, they're not the really short, short stories, but they're, they're nothing long. They're about 20 minutes a piece. Yeah. The, this thing was, again, it, what I, what I find with the, with, with this series is that the shorter ones are, are, are better because they get to the point, right? More, more quickly. This one here was, it's a little dragging out. It, it, there's a little bit of a mystery as to what happened to the, to the girl, uh, that they that, that they that Helen Hunt uh, uh, sees in the lake, but again, it's it's as the story goes on, um, you know, you well, no, it's, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to, it, you're tr- that they think that he's a vampire, and a bird flies over their head at night, and the the, the young girl says it's got to be a bat, and so Helen Hunt then said, then thinks that maybe because he you don't see him during the day that uh, he might be a vampire. She goes to his house. She can't get in because the door is locked. She comes back another time when she sees him leave, and she goes into the house, and he's and he actually comes in behind her. Oh no, no, that's that's later. Yeah, that's later. Uh, but okay. So the whole thing is though is that she believes that he's she's now starting to believe Dee Dee that he's a vampire because she didn't want to believe it at first because right. she's supposed to be eighteen. Like, and the whole thing is like she's old enough to know better. Well, that's the the thing. Is, Okay, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. That's one of the things that I want to... Well, she... Okay, so he was there, he says, what, it was like eight years ago, or, or well, five, five years, years ago. ago. So she was 13. Yeah. So she's 18 now. Yeah. Right? So Dee Dee's got to be like 16. Well, no, but no, but he says he says to Dee Dee, he says uh, he he was dating the girl that died. In the no, movie. no, he said that to Helen Hunt's character. He, yeah, well... Right? He was dating her and a little bit, and... Yeah, but he says something to Dee Dee. Is it? I'll, I'll, I'll explain I'll it to you in five in five years. Yeah. So I thought maybe she was thirteen also. Maybe she is. Yeah, but why? Fourteen. The, the question I have is, why is she getting in the car with the mother to go away to school? Okay, maybe she goes to a boarding school. No, well, it doesn't say that. Well, I know it doesn't say that, Dad. But like, that's the whole thing. Like, it's it doesn't. We aren't. We don't need that kind of character yeah. depth out of these characters. Like, she's going off to school. Where she's going to bring her there? She's not in college. No, no. The, the reason I the reason I bring that up is that I'm trying to follow this story to see which ways it's going to go, and then they throw this piece in, and it's just to me it's 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 a way to it's a way to spend another minute or two into into the story yeah. when it's unnecessary. Well, the whole point is to get her out of the picture. They want to get her away. Yeah. So she's away anyway. So the 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 the. The mother and, and Dee Dee go off to go bring her to school. The he's coming over for dinner. That's when Helen Hunt goes and she's looking, you know, through you know his uh, his apartment. She finds the key, which she thinks is to the boathouse, and it turns out it's not the key the to the boathouse. It's the key to his back door. He shows up at the boathouse where she's there. He says, "Let's try. It. Let's go inside." And they start kind of kissing and whatever. And he's like, "Well, I don't want to lie to you." So he implies there that he goes, "Well, I can't let people talk." So the implication is that he's killed the dad already, right? right? Yep. And that he's going to kill the mom and the daughter because they right. don't ever call, 
right? Kind of, or they, they call, they call, they call there, but he's going to eventually kill them when they come home. And that, in that now he doesn't want to lie to her. And she's like, well, you're, you're not a vampire. He's like, right. And he turns in, he's a werewolf, which is, yeah. which is the, which is the funny part though, but that's exactly what it should be. It's like, um, it's okay. So remember the old Twilight Zone episode freaked the hell out of me when I was a kid. It's the shadow under my bed, right? Yes. Where the, like, the shadow, the shadow under my bed can't hurt me, and they wind up getting killed. It's like what, you can't hurt me because I'm a shadow from someone else's bed. Like it's, it's when you think it's one thing, and then it's that twist, and right. it's like, oh, of right. course he could have been a werewolf. Like you yeah. know, what would made it? Why did he have to be a vampire? Because they say the word vampire over and over, over and over again, and because they say the word vampire over and over, your brains are saying, well, he must be a vampire. It starts filling it in, and that's where they set you up for the twist that he's a werewolf. Yeah. So um, it's a good episode. I this is remember we talked about how. The first episode of this one kind of shouldn't have been the pilot of the show. This should have been the pilot. Right. Like this one, definitely yep. be a pilot. I think people would have been like, "Oh, holy!" Yeah, not this, that, you know, this is a little bit like uh, uh, Kolchak in, in a way. You know, the Kolchak stories, at least, even well, they, they were they, way they, longer. Well, no, they were longer. But what, what happened with Kolchak is that they wouldn't they wouldn't be spending a lot of time with uh, with plot exposition to the to the point with, with, in Kolchak. They would actually show you some of the scenes that. That are leading up to you right. know, what, why he's doing this. Well, because remember, he's also tracking on a story. This is a, this is supposed to be a small little right. kind of vignette into what's happening. Um, the issue becomes is that when you start thinking about what what occurs here, it's it's you know it seems totally like okay, they're just being silly girls, like you know because they're teenage they're teenagers and whatever, and he can't really be a vampire. And you're like, well, maybe he's a, maybe he is a killer. Maybe he's just a person who's like psychotic or whatever kind of thing, but. It's in it like the notes. Like I mean, I know it's coming because I've seen it already, kind of thing. And I was like, "Oh, he's a werewolf." I was like, "Well," but it, it never leads to believe that he's, uh, you know, a vampire. It's but it's everything there doesn't necessarily means he's not a vampire. Like he's only seen at night. He's only seen whatever. He doesn't shop in the stores. He doesn't ever eat anywhere. Yeah, you know. I mean, the, what the, he he actually the, never takes a drink from the drink he has in his right. hand. There's nothing showing you that he's not a vampire, and to be honest, is that five years ago he probably was a normal person, and then something happened yeah. in those five. I mean, years. the one thing they don't show here—you you never see the full moon. They do. They show the full moon right at the door. When, oh, no, 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 yeah. no. At, not, at the end. At the end. Yeah. No, but not, that. But again, when 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 he confronts Helen Hunt in his in his uh, his apartment in, and, in the boathouse, never. Oh, I'm sorry, in the boathouse, yeah. and they that he say he shows her that his reflection is is still there in yeah, the mirror. Yeah. Uh, it gives her a bit of relief that, well, I guess you're not a vampire. Right. Well, the thing is, is he also says, she's why don't you have any mirrors? He goes, maybe I don't like what I see there. And it's like, oh, maybe this guy's fighting drug addiction. Maybe this guy's fighting whatever. Like, it leads you a lot of different ways. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't like what he sees because he sees the guy who's going to murder everybody because he's a werewolf. So And hit the reveal that he's a werewolf. And you don't see he has, he has a hairy hand at and first, he, and then he turns, and it's well, a mask. The, the, hand, the hand on her shoulder. Um, if, 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 if you're not paying attention, uh, you, you you might miss it. Yeah, it's because it's a very dark scene. Yeah. yeah, what I'm saying is, it just it's again, it's very funny. This is it's not funny, but it's like like oh, like at the end of the thing, it's very it's not Tales from the Crypt where like literally everyone gets their comeuppance, right. but it's it's kind of like that idea of Tales from the Crypt because yeah. it has the twist, it has the twist, you know, and that's or, the, or the uh, Doctor Terror's uh, uh, yeah, the, well, all those. Dr. Harris, House of Horrors, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, they're all based on the EC comics from back in the yeah. day. And they all about that twist ending, you know, kind of thing, and the comeuppance you get. Yeah. And then not that she did anything wrong, but, like, you know, she felt something was wrong. She didn't trust her gut. She went there, and then it happened. So, 
anyway, it's not a bad story. It's definitely, I think it's better than the first, I, the, first even, the first episode, Closed Circuit, which is the TV one, is yeah. kind of a waste. The the second one where the guy makes a change, where he, he, he warns the, them that the, he tells the U-boat that it's going a different day, and he winds up changing history, and then it becomes yeah. uh, occupied by the Nazis. That's, again, I like that little short story. Um, you know, kind of thing only because it show it's just the butterfly effect. You know, you, one thing you changes ripples across the entire nation and kind of, entire world and stuff like that. Um, but I thought this was a better, this would have been a better story for week, for the first sure. week. I think people would have caught it. Right. People would have laughed about right. it. They would have talked about it. Yeah. And, at the water cooler. At the water cooler. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the second one, uh, is called uncle George. Now that's Rick Rosenthal, the Halloween two director. Um, and the, the thing with, um, the Uncle George segment is this one's a little shorter, but it's so good. Yeah. And um, and the funny part is, I was watching this yesterday with Kelly. I was rewatching with Kelly, and um, she recognizes people. Like she recognized Helen Hunt, you know, kind of thing in the first part. She's like, oh "My God, it's Helen Hunt!" And I'm like, "She goes, she's really young." And we went through that she had been in a bunch of TV series and stuff like that. Right, we were talking. Um, and then the other one again, it is relatively short. Um, it's an original. Uh, whereas. Um, it's okay. So it's original tale directly. So it was original. So it's just, it wasn't based off of Robert Block or short story anything like that. And it features Claude Atkins and June Lockhart. Now, uh, Claude Atkins uh, on this network, people are probably going to remember him from his time in Planet of the Apes, you know, the sequels kind of thing. But Claude Atkins is in a lot of different movies. Different he was on Cold Jack. He yeah. was in, he's a major TV actor. Um, and of course, uh, June Lockhart is uh, the mom from Lost in Space. Right. Um, and, you know, she went on to play many other roles and still is acting. Uh, you know, right through, uh, I don't know if she, I don't think she passed away. She was acting up to a few years ago for sure, yeah. playing again, older women in kind of movies, but, um, they, uh, uh, they are an aging couple whose livelihood depends on, uh, the money being paid to their ailing uncle George. Now, uncle George at this point though, in the bed, we don't know. He's not, he's in the scene in a minute. Although I did know the, the Leo DeRosha, like you know, yes. who, I knew that I'm like, Sarosha, how do you not know this? You know, kind of thing. Even when I first saw it, um, and then he passes away, uh, and then so now they have to figure because they need that money. So clearly, Claude Atkins used to be able to. He had you know, a heart condition. I think it must be a heart condition. It'd be something where he no longer can work and he can only pick up odd jobs here and there. Um, and he goes into the city. Now they talk about being in a northeast city. The first one, remember the first episode, Closed Circuit, that takes place in supposedly New York right. and New Jersey, and it looks like New York and New Jersey. The street he's on. Looks like it could be in like like one of the boroughs. Like it doesn't look yeah. like yeah. And and the thing and, and the, the camera. This is this is very gorilla. Yeah, yeah, gorilla camera. And so the people that he's that he's that he passes on the street or they're all they're they're part of the movie, but they don't know it. Yeah, right. And, and it felt so. I'm not again. This is a, this is a universal production which showed on ABC, which I know people don't understand. So like. But at the time, Disney was Disney did not own ABC at the time. Right. Universal was independently making shows that they put out. Disney, Universal wasn't owned it was by Viacom. ABC. I think. It well, was. they owned Viacom. Yeah. They were. It was Universal International right now. Yes, that's right. And Universal and then and NBC became Universal. NBC Universal is one merger. These were all things that happened much later. Yeah. But it, in today's day and age, we think ABC, we think Disney, right? We think NBC, we think Universal. Like you think, uh, you know. Um, well, W Warner Brothers is you know WB kind of thing. Right. Like that's what they're in with, you know, kind of thing, and that's part of the difference. Back then, ABC, you know, the, the Channel Seven here in New York, uh, they showed whatever whoever's were producing the shows they were making them. They were not they were truly 
broadcast companies. They weren't making necessarily their own, not to say that they weren't making their own content, but series were pitched. Right. And, and they, then they would pick up, they would like pick it, up. It would, at that point it was still just CBS, NBC and ABC was still the mainstream. Yeah. And then WNY, WNYW was the, became the Fox affiliate, which right. was channel five. WOR was channel nine and yeah. WPX was channel 11, but they were WOR was, and it's funny because WOR, and it's crazy to think about this. We would get it here in New York, and sometimes we had it before you had cable and stuff. You're like, okay, you didn't you always know, get a clear picture on Channel Nine there kind of thing. But down in Florida, my cousins used to watch the Mets baseball. How, how WR got down broadcast to there because they would pick up the feed somewhere else and it was broadcast down there too. Yeah. WPIX was where the Yankees played on Channel Eleven, and then your your ABC affiliate was seven. Eight was your ABC was your ABC affiliate out of Connecticut. Right. WOR, believe it or not, in the fifties would show the. At the time, the baseball giants uh, that played mm-hmm. out of the polo grounds, and also Ebbets Field, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Right. And then when the Dodgers and the and the Giants moved to Los Angeles, then uh, WOR didn't didn't have the rights, I guess, in New York to mm-hmm. show baseball anymore. So if you didn't see the Yankees on PIX, uh, and it wasn't every day, believe it or not. Right. I mean, it, now. If the games are played at three in the morning, there's a channel somewhere that you're going to watch it. Right. If it's usually yes, but uh, back then uh, you had to you had to go buy the Daily News to find out what the score yeah, was, right. or you listen or on the radio. Listen on the radio because everything was on the radio, of course. <laughs> so um, anyway, so but yeah, it's, it's so he's 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 talking about hey old Tommy, and when the first guy comes out, he's got no teeth and he's speaking. I don't know what it is. It's, no, no. I, it, it, it sounds to me, it's not German. It definitely sounds like it could be like uh, some, Eastern, some Eastern block kind of like, but he has no teeth. No teeth. So, and he's got a cigar in between the teeth. He takes a cigar and starts speaking. And it could be, and it's not, it doesn't sound like it necessarily is Albanian, but it's something along those lines. But with no teeth, he's spitting a ton. And right. Claude Atkins like, sorry, sorry. And he walks away. And now I, I'm sure that guy was an actor. But Claude Atkins' reaction was 100% spot on, like, whoa, okay, you know, kind of thing, right? And then, he, of course, he sits on the park bench, and he starts talking to the man by the name Dixie. That's Dub Taylor, Dub Taylor. right? And Dub Taylor, of course, again, if you watch TV, he's a TV guy. just like on every show. Yeah, he's, he's a bit part here and there. I mean, that's a great part about – see, some people like to watch, like, like Kelly loved the show ER, which I detested, but whatever. But like when she's got ER on, and I'm like, oh look, it's George Clooney. Oh look, it's Mackay Pfeiffer. Oh look, it's and it's like the who's who, and, and there's a ton right. of people on there. Or if you watched St. Elsewhere, oh look, it's you know it's Denzel Washington, or it's whatever, right? right? You know, you're looking at these, and you're like, okay, Helen Hunt became a bigger star, but that was the '90s after Mad About You and stuff like that. And she became a star and made some movies, but it wasn't like Helen Hunt was like you know, A-list number. She wasn't Meg Ryan. Like, she wasn't, like, that big a star. Meg Ryan had, you know, whole sections of movies, basically, you know, that she started. So you kind of, like, they were TV people. And, you know, and the thing is, maybe they were people who were were stars. I mean, June Lockhart was on, you know, Lost in Space ran for forever, it seemed like. I mean, maybe because every episode to me seems exactly the same and they're boring. But, you know, whatever. But she was on a number of different shows, um, I'm trying to remember the other one she was on because she was on it for a number of years as well, where she was a recurring character. But they're again TV people, and they're yeah. and they're good actors. Well, Doug Taylor, Doug Taylor, he this is this is 1981. Yeah, he was he's been in a character actor for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, he's the he's the guy in them who they they accuse of stealing uh, 40 tons of sugar. Yeah, and he says. You know, he said he had yeah, a sweet tooth. Yeah. No, when he, no, he says the sweet tooth. Oh no, no, to yeah. the agent, right? To the insurance agent. No, but Dub Taylor says, 
if I was going to steal something, it wouldn't be 40, 40 tons of sugar. What would I do with 40 tons of sugar? Yeah. Is, is, is sugar hot cargo? Is there a black market for sugar? That's him, right. Yeah. But, he, but again, he's... But that's him. And, and his, his visage never changes no. over time. I mean, here we are now. It's almost 30 years later. And he looks exactly the same. Yeah. So I couldn't yeah. remember. Uh, of course, June Lockhart, of course, was on Lassie and right. then would later go on to Petticoat Junction. And she's uh, won, uh, She's a two-time Emmy Award uh, nominee and a right. Tony Award winner. Um, so I knew I was, I was, I tried to, I, could, I was like, what's the other show? And I, cause I was, couldn't remember Petticoat Junction and I didn't think, think about Lassie, but she was on Lassie, of course. And that was yeah. a huge hit. And, you know, the Nick at, uh, the Nickelodeon back at the night, Nick at night, they would show all the reruns of like Lost in Space is still on. That's on me TV. That's right. being shown every Saturday night, uh, after. So Lost in Space is on. I want to say, so after Spangooly, I think it's Star Trek. Usually I fall asleep. So it's Star Trek and then Lost in Space. And then that leads into, I'm pretty sure Kolchak is still on at midnight. They move Kolchak up even better because people would actually want to see Kolchak, but there's only, you know, what, a hand, there's only 12 episodes of that. Anyway, so uh, he sits and starts talking to him, and then they go into the bar. And of course, like, it's, again, it, as, as I always say, we always say in this show, why build a set when right. the city, they, it's a real bar. It's now, real the bar. inside of the bar may or may not, that might have been a set. I don't know if that was the real inside of a bar. It could be. It no, looks I, like it I'm is. I'm sure it is. And they, and they, right. they, just, they just paid the owner to use right. it probably during for the, off time. For the, yeah, yeah. For the, because it's a real pinball machine. I'm sure Luke will notice what kind of pinball machine is behind them and be able to come up with exactly the, the one of it. I don't know. No. It might be a Bally's machine. I'm not sure. Um, so <laughs> the uh, you know they're sitting at the, at the bar and they're having a drink. Now, because it doesn't look like a bar bar. It kind of looks more like a, like a pub. More like, an, like they could eat there. But I guess right. it's a bar. Anyway, he starts, you know, plying him with his scotch, and he has his beer that he doesn't even take a sip of until the very end. Um, and he talks about how the fact that, you know, Uncle George uh, came to live with them after having an accident with the railroad, and he was on a disability. And, uh, you know, for the last, you know, it was 17 years ago it happened, and the last 11 years he's been living with them, but the last seven have been real hard. And, you know, he's like, I think you need yourself a new Uncle George. And you're like, oh, okay, this is great. So he gets him really liquored up. They bring him in, and of course, they you know they help him in the house, and you know you see Beat them, him. you see them. They let so he's they're burying the old Uncle George tied up in plastic bags in the in the in the, uh, in the cellar. cellar. And I said to Kelly at this point, I said, "You know what would make this scene a lot better, Kel?" She goes, "What?" I go, "If if Claude Atkins understood that you could step on the shovel to drive it in the ground instead of forcing it by hand." Well, but he but he actually says because of his heart condition, he can't exert himself. Right, but he's exerting himself even more. Think about putting a shovel in dirt. If you have yeah. to force it, if you step on it, yeah. it goes in much easier yeah. than, so I'm like, he's really putting a lot of strain on himself. And you can see it. He's, he's working hard. He's sweating. He's working hard. Whatever Claude is digging through, he's digging through. And of course they go upstairs and now they've, you know, give him his bottle of scotch. He drank a half bottle of scotch ready because all the scotch they gave him beforehand. And they're going to clean up his legs. And, and you're like, okay. And, it, and it's very subtle. Yeah. Right. And, and she's talking about uncle George and he's like, I was thinking if him and I are about the same age and he's 65 and it's seven, he, he retired at 48. And that's when Claudia goes, no, I told you he didn't retire. It was disability. And he goes, and I love how just June Harker's like, yeah, it just took his legs clean off. And he goes, yeah, right above the knee. And Kelly's never seen this. She goes, Oh, they're going to cut his legs off. And I'm like, she goes, they're not going to show it. Are they? And I'm like, no, it's 1981, honey. They're not showing it. Well, Claude Aiken, I mean, the June Lockhart, when she comes in, he's watching uh, Western, and yeah. uh, 
she she in very soft terms at a tone she's yeah. talking to him. she goes and she pulls the shutter down very right. slowly yeah. on the window and then she she pulls the the sheet down the, no, the, the sheets up the on the his legs up, yeah and she she starts washing his legs and Claude Aiken comes in with a with the with a tool looks like and he's just a, a box. box I mean it could be anything but it turns out it's a toolbox and so she's and that's when they talk about it and when when he says yeah he said he had that train accident and he the the caboose or the, 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 the car, the car, yeah, the car. The came back. He didn't even hear it until they got to him. You know, knocked his legs completely yeah. off. <laughs> and so, then, I mean, at that point, if you if you don't know what's going to happen, well, it's, but it's funny because he because he, he turns around and he's got a circular saw in his hand. And you're like, oh, this is not even going to be like well, a it, circular saw going. I mean, it'll cut your flesh fine, but it's going to take some work. It's not a bone saw, right? But and, and the thing is. It, there was there was a, a and it was alluded to earlier in the in the in the show, uh, right in the very beginning. He's cutting wood down in his workshop yeah. with that circular saw. Yeah, right. Well, so it comes full circle. Yeah. It comes full yeah. circle. So uh, I mean, the thing is, both of these um, have kind of a shock ending, a twist ending kind of thing. I mean, all of them so far have had a twist ending, but these two, I think this ending, both of these were better than the first two. Uh, if this had been the first episode shown, I think. Would have, people would have had a lot of buzz about this show. Now, yeah. we know that eventually, at some point, because um, we've talked about the fact that the show was cut short, the, the network didn't believe in the show. They were like, oh, no, oh, no. And and you'll, you'll see what happens when we get to probably, which is considered, this is the next one, uh, the next time we talk about this, the Siege of 31 August, which is the most infamous episode of this entire series and pretty much sealed the fate of this thing. But what they felt was, even though nothing happens here, you don't actually see them cutting his legs you don't actually see the werewolf no, tearing the, apart. The it's all implied, right? right. But the, and and then think about it. 1981. It wasn't like it was like 1951. That kind of thing. Like people, you could show things happening. It's just there was there was I, no reason to. No, no, I know I understand that. Yeah. But I'm saying is, but it wasn't like it wasn't like we already we already had the Twilight Zone. We already had Outer Limits. We already had Night Gallery. We, you know, we already had Kolchak. It's not like things on t people had never seen something like this on TV before. It's just that they were trying to, I don't know. I think part of the problem was it was kind of dumped in a time slot. It was kind of given, it was given a, a bad time slot. It was given whatever. And they thought they were just going to have something that instantaneously became a hit. What's well, really hard to make something a hit. I mean, the Twilight Zone uh, became, when the first Twilight Zone first came out, it wasn't no, successful it was the first season. No. But it started catching on because the stories got good. And let's be honest, in your second, third, fourth, you know, come in those middle second seasons, third, you second. really hit your stride with right. those episodes and they become really good. And yet, and yet the, the first season has some of the, the true classics. But I think what happens here is that this was, you said this was November. So and this and, is now December. And now December. And back in those days, I don't know if you still had shows were guaranteed 39 episodes. Uh, no. But that that was the basic uh, the yeah. basic premise. But if you but what I think happened here was this was probably waiting in the wings, and as one show was was dying, they would just cut it off so like they do now and throw something else in as a filler. And I think that's what this was. Well, they they had planned this to actually be, um, you know, actually to but, go on and become an yeah. actual oh, series. No, but, yeah, but they wouldn't have they wouldn't have put it in at the end of uh, after Thanksgiving and in. And in early no, no, yeah, it was, it was filling a slot they needed, but they gave it like a like a coffin slot. Yeah, and it, it's 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 always amazing to me when you go back and look at things that are you know 
could have been successful. I mean, I'm not saying that this show would have been earth shattering, but like it could have been successful and they just gave it a call and kind of like a place where it doesn't work well, whatever. It doesn't matter. The whole idea is that usually, what happens now is that those shows are all dumped in July. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, you dump everything in July. And the reason they do that is because then they have some new television. When everyone else is showing reruns in the summer, they can say, hey, there's a new show. Right. Here's a whatever. Yeah, NBC, they, NBC used to say it, it's new to you. Right. Well, that's because they would, yeah, cause it was, it's all new stuff, even if they knew they weren't never going to get to the end. So, um, but yeah, so that's the two episodes. I, again, I think these are good. I think the Uncle George episode kind of thing. I think once you know it's coming, like it's so weird watching them just set this up and you're like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, kind of thing. And the reason I like this one, this was, this was short and to the point. Yep. And, you know, you, again, uh, you, when when you see the original uh, the Uncle George, he's 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 covered up in bed, and he's he looks like he's almost you know, uh, you know I don't want to say comatose, but he was. Well, he's not. You know, he dies. He, he's dying, but he actually does die. But he was alive watching the TV, and uh, so the story just keeps going, and it's logical. It's logical, and bam, you get hit. It's not okay. Where are we going? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Yeah. This one, this one, I liked a lot. Yeah. And again, the look on Doug Taylor's face is right. And it's priceless. Well, that's June. June Locker says, "Make sure you finish your drink. You're gonna want to finish this bottle." <laughs> so, um, all right, folks, that about wraps this one up. Now, um, we have a bunch of feedback, um, but I kind of was thinking about either holding them all for one feedback as well. But I figured we have one about dark room, so let's do the one dark room. Now, I sure. know Jack has sent us one, and Luke sent us one. Jack sent us one about Cult of the Cobra. Um, and Luke sent one about Deadly Mantis, but I figured we'd hold on to them to kind of put them all into like, I think I'm looking at either a feedback episode or so- sewing them in, maybe another one. So let's talk about just at least Dark Room. So it says, in a, in a room, darkly, Dark Room episode 98. This is from Luke. Uh, it says, Jay, I, have, I had never heard of Dark Room before you told me about it. I'm familiar with a lot of science fiction, fantasy, horror, anthology shows over the years, but, th- but not this one. It does certainly fit the mold, as you say, especially in the wake of Night Gallery. In fact, being in color and with different segments of different lengths, this sounds a lot like Night Gallery, and this format would be used for 1980s Twilight Zone revival as well, which is true. The 80s Twilight Zones, talk, talk about a hit-or-miss series. Yeah. Some of those things were amazing, and some of you are like, oh my god, how are we going to watch this thing? You're getting slogged through it. Uh, you stated that you felt, uh, on the, felt on the Antilles that the shorter episodes tend to work better because of their quick hitter, get-in-and-get-out nature. You also mentioned the connection to EC Comics. Uh, these two points go hand uh, hand in hand to me. The format which EC used, typically four short stories per issue, each at six to eight pages apiece, mirrors the format of the shorter segments on the thriller of, uh, anthologies. At that page count, the strips don't have time for fluff or nonsense. It's rising action, climax, falling action, uh, ironic, uh, denouement, done. This format used for used for several for countless horror comics over the years, and was even still kicking around in '81 when Dark Room was airing. Specifically, DC Comics held onto their mysteries titles long longer than any other than other publishers, notably House of Mystery and House of Secrets. Not going to lie, when you described the opening of Dark Room panning through a spooky house, I immediately thought of the two DC houses, which were home to their respective host uh, horror host, namely. The brothers Cain and Abel. In, it, uh, in any event, thanks for shedding some light on the obscure series. Hoping it be uh, it being available for viewing on NBC's website, some more viewers will be able to tune in and make the and make their own opinions. Looking forward to whatever comes down the pipe next, Luke. And that's the thing. 
is, and then we talk about this, this is available through NBC's website. It's not available through Peacock because Peacock is NBC Universal. And this is this is through NBC because MB, because it's through that site. I don't know why oh. Peacock doesn't carry it. Why would you have it on your website, which you can stream for free, and not have it on Peacock? But you know, and it's not like they they have they have uh, you know room restrictions. I mean, Peacock. well, but the thing is, this is like if you said to me it was on ABC's website, yeah, I get because it. it was their show. I hundred percent get it. But it's on NBC.com's website to be streamed. But it's not on Peacock, which is NBC Universal's streaming service. It, now, could it eventually show up? Of course. And I think if it shows up, more people have a chance of watching it. But it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I was talking with John LeMay about this. I really thought this series was lost because he'd never heard of it, right? Until I, you know, you never saw it when it was on the air in 81, right? Kind of thing. In fact, until I got the the, the German rip right. of the, 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 the things, we never even knew it existed. I had heard about a series with James Colburn, but I'd never seen it. And I was like, maybe people are misremembering, which is a big problem people have, you know, kind of thing, like misremember. Maybe they were misremembering, thinking, maybe they were thinking it was James Colburn, but it really was Rod Serling. And maybe they're remembering when Night Gallery, so when Night Gallery went to sit syndication, they decided to cut them apart into little bits and pieces and sew them together. And then Luke was telling me they actually did that for one of the seasons. They cut apart a different show and sewed bits and pieces of that show into it. I'm like, are you kidding? And Luke's like, no. He went and looked into it, and I said, and I wondered if it was available at all that way, and it appears it wasn't. The show they were cutting into it was called The Sixth Sense, not the movie. So they had this show that must not have run very long. They cut those into little pieces, too, and they sewed them with Night Gallery. So I thought, maybe people are misremembering that. And it's different yeah. kind of thing. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think. Back in 81, Luke was just one year old. You were, you were three years old. Yeah, we weren't watching um, and this was on in a dead time slot on ABC on yeah. like a Friday night or something. I, you know, it, it's hard for me to even remember what we what we would be would have been watching. Okay, but back why then. would but we wouldn't be watching ABC? We didn't watch. Okay, so we are not a family that watched Dynasty or Dallas no, no, or no, Knots no, Landing no, or the point. no. The thing is, I'm saying is that back in '81 there was no there, we weren't there was no HBO and, and, we, and things okay, like that. So, but which, remember, you were an early well, we adopter. Wait, of, wait a minute, let's go back. We didn't have. We didn't have the antenna. Remember, when until we had cable, we 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 couldn't get certain certain channels. Yeah, clear. Right, but this is Channel Seven. Channel Seven came in. Well, no, but we, again, we, we had that monster antenna on the roof. Well, I know because <clears throat> I took it off the roof. Uh, I'm just uh, saying, but like the thing is, what what the thing is, but on a Friday night, like in a ten o'clock time slot, you weren't watching ABC. It's not something we were watching on Friday nights. You know, it's beyond. No, like, I know, I know exactly what we were doing. By this time, we we were getting the VHS. Yeah, right. You were watching a movie. Watching right, watching a movie. Mm -hmm. or, but, and by this time, Luke and I were not old. I mean, Luke's a baby, baby. I'm still a toddler. I'm right. not asleep. You and Mom aren't watching a horror anthology right. that you'd never even heard of, and they just stuck somewhere, right? It's not like it was the movie of the week where they kind of hyped it up. Dark. No, it, I had to go find. No, I had to go find. Try to find a commercial for this, and the, and the commercials right. for this were like. You know, this week on Who's the Boss, and this week on whatever, and then Friday night, late night, don't forget the darker. I'm like, really? Like, you had to go through the whole week, like, on, you know, whatever shows well, it if was. You didn't have, if, you, if you didn't subscribe or go, when you went to your A&P and bought, bought TV Guide, yeah, you would back know. then, you would, know. you would never no. know what's on. No. And, you know, again, ending, this is the dead of winter, stuff like that. So it's not like it's, it's not like you would have seen an ad, and ABC didn't have football. 
They had Monday night, Monday night football, but they didn't have football. So it's not like it's Saturday afternoon and you're popping on CBS to watch the, the you know the Giants play because the Giants used to be on CBS right before Fox got football. And and you know John Madden and Pat Summerall are going to be like, and don't forget Dark Room this Friday. They're not hyping that stuff. First of all, could you imagine John Madden? Oh, let me tell you, here's the thing. I'll give you a picture. You know, kind of thing. And there's a room. Um, kind of thing. So it just, it just wasn't those things. Anyway, thank you, Luke, for that. Like I said, I got two others in the bag, one from Luke, one from Jack. We're going to hang on to them. Um, we're talking about, we're trying to figure out right now, the schedule is kind of getting topsy turvy and moved around. I know I promised everybody one on the 13th and one on the 30th, 31st of every month. And we're sticking to that schedule. Um, but with Kong, uh, with Godzilla versus Kong, uh, and getting pushed back and trying to get availability, uh, to record and do all that stuff that's going to happen, all that stuff kind of messed things up. And to be honest, when I record with like John LeMay, I have to plan those in advance because he doesn't live, you know, I can't sit down with him. We have to do on the phone. And so we record sometimes out of order. So we're just trying to, so uh, this is supposed to be coming out um, at the end. Uh, this is supposed to be coming out at the, um, excuse me, at the end of May, but this might get pushed. So what's up next? Now, again, this might get, it's supposed to be the end of May. This might get pushed. We'll see what happens. What's supposed to happen next is we're going to, that's our June episode, is They Live from 1988. We're going to talk about the John Carpenter movie um, starring Roddy Piper um, with, you know, a fight scene that literally takes, I think, uh, two-thirds of the movie. Um, no, uh -huh. it doesn't really take two-thirds, but it's it does take, I think, one-tenth of the film. Um, it's, so, I think it's five minutes long. Well, it's more than that. Uh, and that's the crazy part, is that it actually goes on, and if you look at it, but it's another story for another day. Um, so that's the next time you're going to hear Dad and I together. Like I said, we have a bunch of different things in the works. Things are getting moved around. Um, again, trying to get around people's schedules who don't actually physically live, you know, where we can actually sit together and do it. So uh, I think we're good with this. We're going to, they live coming up next and you'll hear more dark room later on this year. Um, we're going to go in, like I said, episode three of dark room. We finally get to that. That's the one that is going to be the real turning point in this whole kind of series. So, all right, folks. So, uh, for now, Keep those cards and letters coming, and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which, at this very moment, still prevails and could, at any time, lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality.
This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jacknetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?